everyone. Quick note before we start today's episode. This episode is an interview that I recorded with Anna Fruen in the spring of 2020. So some parts of our lives have obviously changed since then. And I just wanted to give you a quick note that this is an interview recorded a while ago. You will also have noticed that there's been quite a big gap between podcast episodes. Um, I've had a lot of struggles with mental health in 2020 and continue to do so. But I do like making this podcast, even if it takes me a really long time to put out episodes. And I hope that I will be able to continue making this podcast, um, even if it only has a couple of episodes a year. So yeah, I hope you will give this episode a listen and I hope you'll be patient with me and stick around to see what comes next. Okay, that's it for me. Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fine Poetry Podcast. My name is Fina. And I'm Anna. Yeah, you've heard it, guys. We have a listener <laughs> in the virtual room. It's Anna Fruin. Yeah. And uh, she has been a guest on our podcast before in the form of one of her poems, which was Caretakers. And <laughs> we're here to have a little chat about poetry. Oh, we are, and I'm so excited. I was, I was thrilled when you picked one of my poems to do an mm -hmm. episode on absolutely thrilled and all the stuff you said about it was really interesting so I was just sitting at home listening going ah uh -huh, you're so clever because <laughs> I was just delighted like thank you <laughs> I was trying to do that yes <laughs> yeah oh it's great it's, I mean it's if, not yeah I'm not a professional poet by any uh, stretch of the imagination I'm not uh published or anything so it's just nice to get a little bit of recognition because every now and again I'm proud of one and that's one that I'm really proud of. Well, it was amazing. And Thank like, you. if it helps, every episode I'm just terrified that I'm going to interpret the poem wrong, which oh. we all know is impossible. Right, right. Your interpretation is totally valid, but yeah. it just happened to line up with what I was thinking. <laughs> nice. I mean, I also always tag the poets I speak about if they're still alive. And mm -hmm. then I almost, it's crazy, I almost always get responses. Yeah, people I mean, are just excited, you know, to, yeah. to be thought about. And they're always like, oh my god, I loved your interpretation of my work. And it's like, oh, yeah. you did? <laughs> yeah, well, you know your stuff. You're yeah, good at this. I dance around a bit, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so uh, how about you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, plug your own work, podcast. Yeah, yeah, good call. Um, my name is Anna, as we said. I am uh, a podcaster. I co-host What's in a Name podcast, which is all about etymology, the origin of words, where they come from, why we use them the way they do. Um, me and my co-host James have a few episodes in the backlog, so if you want to look it up and give it a listen, it might be your kind of thing, if you are, like me, a word nerd. Um, I, I don't know what to go into as far as what else I do. At the moment, I don't do very much. <laughs> you know, I'm I kind mean, of furloughed. So don't at the moment, are. I stay home. I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> it's not a glamorous life, but you know, 
We're all doing our best, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I I wrote a poem last week um, for a lit magazine, and um, mm -hmm. it was about how humans are interacting with technology at this mm. time. So I I basically turned one of my text conversations with a friend into a poem, and oh. my friend was talking about how she misses going places, and I just yeah. sat with that for a second. I was just like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, going places isn't the thing for me either. I mean, I do miss getting the coach down to London to see my friends, but it's just the friends that I miss. Yeah, that's the thing. I miss, the, like, the thing is, I like some people, but I hate most people. <laughs> okay. So, like, I, I can do without the random interactions you have every day where people oh, are small just talk. weird yeah yeah or just like yeah so i don't have to go into the office anymore and i've got to tell you that saves me so much time every day in commuting and small talk right <laughs> those are the main time savers and i mean we all know the buses <laughs> in cardiff at rush hour like you oh, you are not gosh. moving so. yeah yeah now i'm getting nostalgic for those buses which is really weird because they were not good buses <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, as you can hear, um, Anna and I have both lived in the same city for a bit, and um, mm -hmm. so we, we know the same buses. It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. We met at a writer's group called Roth Writers. Yes. Um, yeah, that Which was a lot of fun. It was, and I plugged this writing group in another episode ah, good. on Christina Thatcher's work. Dr. Christina Thatcher. That is true. Christina, yeah. if you're listening to this... <laughs> congratulations congratulations we are so happy i'm so proud you. of you yes. yeah so proud don't don't think for a second that we're not going to be like nodding at you and calling you doctor every time we see you <laughs> listen <laughs> i'm interviewing christina in a couple of weeks <gasps> great yes and so i will be sitting there dr thatcher what is your opinion <laughs> on this yeah. <laughs> dr christina yeah oh that's so good that's so good yeah. So yeah, yeah she she hosts the writers group and she's wonderful. So yes, she's an amazing an human. To look forward to check out her work. I will plug it again with all the stuff I plug in the show notes. So yeah. Okay. Okay, but let's get into the nitty gritty because I have to edit sure. this and uh, we need <laughs> to point. actually talk about things. <laughs> yes. So um, we talked about. I talked about. We, my cat and I, I talked to my cat <laughs> about your poem, Caretakers. <laughs> I hope, I hope your cat appreciated it. Um, I know it's, it's not for everyone. I don't know what a cat would get from it. <laughs> but Usually she gets a good nap because she gets really, really <laughs> like chill when I, when I start talking into a microphone. So Aww, she usually goes to sleep. But yeah, yeah, so I talked about your poem on the show and you said earlier that um, like it's one of the poems that you're proud of and that is kind of mm -hmm. um representative of your work maybe yeah so do you want to talk a little bit about that poem or about your work in itself um that poem is one of the ones that came pretty easily and that's not many of them most of them you have to, have to sort of sweat blood and tears over but that one i've just been made redundant from my job in a call center Mm -hmm. worked there for five years I've been looking for a way to leave it but I was too scared to so I got a push and some redundancy pay and I was feeling all the fear and freedom around that and this new opportunity was opening up opening up 
And I was looking at the world around me and the political situation and the increase of homelessness in Cardiff and everything felt really raw, you know? And I think when yeah. emotions are closest to the surface like that, sometimes they're easiest to access. Sometimes not. Sometimes it's really hard to put new feelings into words, but that time mm -hmm. it all just came really easily. Yeah, it's like sometimes... Uh, in German, we have a phrase... Um, Einschneidende Erlebnisse, which is like experiences that cut into your life. Right, okay. Yeah. And those tend to, for me too, those tend to produce some poetry. Yeah. Because um, they're so vivid in your, in your mind. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, they're real. And, you know, when, I, when I'm feeling basically fine and nothing interesting is happening in my life, I can sit down and write a technically competent poem, but I don't feel it's got the the heart at the core of it you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's got like it's like yeah it's got all the shine on the outside but it doesn't yeah have the core basically yeah i get that absolutely and i think if you've got a really strong sense of what the poem needs to be about or what it needs to do you can forgive a certain amount of technical incompetence like it doesn't matter if it's a bit messy or a bit woolly or a bit unclear if you've got if you've got um a really strong sense of how you're feeling in that moment then beautiful thing can come out like both are valid you know it's totally fine to be like i'm going to write um a perfect sonnet and then to do something formula formulaically perfect that's great absolutely hone your skills um but i care more about the ones that have a lot of heart in definitely like i sent you i sent you a couple for that episode because i wasn't sure what kind of thing you would want to go for and one of them one of my poems is called green and it's about my grandmother mm -hmm. and um That, again, is one with a lot of heart in because I care so deeply about her. I loved her dearly and um, the feelings of being in her home when I was a kid are something that I can still access really quickly and easily. Um, so that, that to me just seems more... I, I care more about those poems. Yeah, it's a bit like these poems are preserving those emotions. Mm, yeah. You know how you can, when you put emotions into a poem, you can access them again. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Once you have a bit of distance, I guess, and it's a bit like like having little jars on a shelf, and you can take them out and be like, "Oh, remember this thing," and you read the poem, and it comes back to you. That's a really lovely image. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I was just uh, over the last couple of days, I've been trying to put together a chapbook of poetry, okay. which is kind of exciting. Because cool. basically, I just wanted to see how many poems do I have because some presses are opening submissions right now. And um, I was just taking stock. Mm. I do not have enough poems for a full length collection. That has okay. become clear, but that's fine. <laughs> um, You're getting there. Yeah, but uh, just arranging all of my poems in a document and like bringing them into an order was a really visceral experience because most mm. of these have been all of these have been written in the last two years right yes and um because that's kind I'm, of the zone isn't it that's yeah, anything before that feels like juvenilia not not exactly but it's mostly in german the things before okay. that are in german oh, and before i yeah. moved to cardiff i didn't think of myself as a poet i thought of myself like firmly as a prose writer right yeah and then i had oh, a that's class exciting. then i had a class with christina and i was like oh guess i was wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah 
Oh, that's really cool. Now, I've I've loved poetry for a very long time. Um, there was a children's poet called Michael Rosen, I think his name was. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I read his stuff in primary school. And then in high school, I discovered Tiger, The Tiger by um, William Blake. And mm-hmm. that just unlocked something for me. Like everyone in the class thought it was stupid and that poetry was rubbish. And I was there going, no, I really enjoy what this is doing. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. And yeah, that's just what stuck with me is the sense of joy, the sense of joy in poetry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I, I always enjoyed the poetry we covered in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did try to write poetry as a teenager in German. Okay, and, yeah. you know, it's the kind of poetry you write as a teenager. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what I was talking about. Poetry. <clears throat> You're talking about um, writing poetry in German when you were younger? I didn't have access to like any kind of support in creative writing until I was 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is still really early, but like considering that I'd been writing forever, it felt like a long time. Oh, but then yeah. when I got there, I realized like there were people there who were 16 and who were so good at poetry. And mm. I was like, yeah, I guess I'm not a poet because those are so good. I've just got to stick with my prose. Um, but I guess it's for me, it's like a like a sinus curve. I just undulate between prose and poetry. Is that even the right verb? Undulate. Yeah, I think that's a good word for it. Don't know what that means, but <laughs> I just use I, I just use it. It's beautiful. Yeah, I I know that feeling really well of suddenly encountering a whole new uh, level of poetry that you weren't ready for. That happened for me at university. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the same uni you did. Uh, it was called UIC at the time. and um, Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. University of Wales Institute Cardiff. Um, and there was, there was this poetry event, a competition essentially. Um, and... I got up and read some of the formulaic, neatly rhyming stuff that I'd written when I was a bit younger. And then someone got up and did some spoken words, some proper spoken words. Like, they fancied themselves a bit of a beat poet and they were really talented. And I was there with my eyes going starry, just like, this is what you can do? This is what you can do? And I've been wasting my time on this low-level nonsense. I still don't feel like I'm ever going to unlock, you know, that tier of expression. But it it put the fire in me, you know? It made me want to level up. And um, yeah, it really I mean, did it piss me along. I mean, it is a bit along. daunting. It is super daunting. I totally felt like an idiot for even thinking I could try. But also I was like, I could do that. I could do that. There's not many things I feel that way about. Normally I'm just like, well, yeah, I guess I'll never be a carpenter. But with poetry, <laughs> I go, no, I can I can do this. I know I can. So I just need to keep keep reading, really, and remind myself of what's possible and what's out there so that I don't get complacent. Yeah, that's a really good sentiment. As a kind of closing note, why don't you talk to us about the fact that you color code your poetry collections? <laughs> when you read them oh yes oh i forgot you knew about that um when i oh, have well, i know things. <laughs> you do when i have a poetry collection that i really enjoy i go through it again with coloring pencils because that's how i pay attention i learned it from back in my christian days when i used to color in like bible verses and stuff 
and I'd, and I'd have a key for what different colours meant, and I still do that. Um, I'll go through a book and be like, right, everything that relates to family, I'm going to colour in orange. Everything that relates to freedom, I'm going to colour in blue. And I'll just shade in lines at a time. Sometimes sometimes if I really love it and it's really short, I'll shade in an entire poem. Just be like, look, <laughs> look at this beautiful, brilliant, perfect thing. Because A, it helps me find it more easily later. B, it helps me to pay attention. For me, it's like taking notes in a meeting. If I'm doing mm-hmm. something with my hands, I'm taking the information in. I'm listening better. Um, so I just, I really enjoy doing that. And I wind up with really pretty poetry collections that are all just multicolored and gorgeous and perfect and great. I love that strategy. <laughs> I think I'd be overwhelmed just even trying to find a key and to find topics that I want to pursue. Well, that's the thing. They're not really as clearly bordered as I make them seem. Like, you can't draw a line between things that are about family and things that are about freedom because sometimes they're about both. I'm like, then what do you do? Yeah. But, yeah. Like, I don't know, circle the title in both colors yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Good idea. But uh, a strategy that I've come up with when I'm obsessed with a poem mm-hmm is I've, I've started this motivational scrapbook where I track the days where I'm writing and I write down like self-care things for myself when I'm not feeling well, but I also write down poems I obs- I'm obsessed with, yeah. but I write them down by hand. Oh, that's lovely. So because that's such a slow process mm. and you really get immersed into where the author is breaking the lines because even if you're copying yeah. the poem, you will automatically try to do different line breaks because your brain is just like what do you mean (laughs) what do you mean it ends here i don't understand yeah that's really Um, interesting that's a good point yeah when i was um i was copying one of christina's poems christina thatcher's poems um etiquette into my um scrapbook because i covered it on the podcast Mm -hmm. and i really like it and um that's how i noticed the I always want to say sparsity, but I think it's sparseness. The sparseness of, like, the lack of, not the lack. Um, I want to say the precision with which she uses line breaks and punctuation. Okay. Like, every single line break and every single comma has a meaning and has its place. And also the lack of commas has a meaning. I need to read that, that one. That gives... Yeah, it's a general thing in Christina's poetry, I think, and it just gives it a lot of depth and richness, and you can read it over and over again, and like the meaning shifts subtly, which is oh, wonderful. like the mark of amazing poetry. Well, yeah, that's what yes, we Yes, Christina, to. we love you. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of the Christina Thatcher fancast has been brought to you by... <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, it's yeah. deserved. It's, um, it's a very good point, and yeah, you're right. Putting the words through your body that way is a great mm-hmm. way to really pay attention to them, to understand some more of the choices and maybe to at least notice some of the th- things you don't understand. Honestly, now I feel like I need to do a montage of all my previous episodes because this one is giving me so many good sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> great. I mean, I'd be happy with that, but that is a lot of editing and we know your feelings on that. <laughs> well, the thing is, I like I like editing, actually. I'm just really perfectionist. Hmm. So I procrastinate the actual starting of the editing. Ah, yeah. And, like, I just procrastinate because I'm scared I'm going to screw up. Oh. And so sometimes I record at 8 a.m. on a Sunday and then edit the entire episode because I just procrastinated so hard. <laughs> sure. 
Well, you know, I've heard the podcast and clearly you're doing good work. So I don't think you need to worry about that. Thank you. One day I will accept that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And with that, I'm going to sign us off for now. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm probably going to keep chatting. Oh, you're welcome. It was such a joy. Anna, why don't you tell us where (laughs) we can find you on the internet? So you can find me on Twitter at BootsMagoot. Or my podcast account is at W-I-A-N podcast. What's in a name podcast? Oh, I was just like, I, I cannot, yeah. I cannot with the acronym. <laughs> Can't untangle that, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's all good. All right, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Fina Stargard or on my website, josefinastargard.wordpress.com. And as always, I'd be very happy if you could leave the show a rating or a review on iTunes. And if you're leaving one from outside Germany, please let me know because otherwise I won't see it because iTunes is weird. And um, that's it for this week. I hope you're all staying safe, staying healthy, staying sane. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.